Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm so great. Happy fucking happy hour. Woo-hoo. Aisha fucking Tyler oh, is my back God. home. The baby girl is man. back home with mama. The baby uh, girls. I'm just going to say it right away. I remember when you were doing broadcast radio and you couldn't say any bad words and you just said all of them in like the last seven seconds. So congratulations yeah. to you. Yeah. That's what we came up with the happy hour <laughs> um, podcast. I love it. I listen, love it. Listen, motherfucker. <laughs> We've been on tour You're together. You're adorable. <laughs> I miss you so much. Oh, so good to see you, lady. I'm so proud of you. You're like a fuck. You're good at everything. You're like a. You're made of like goddamn fucking unicorns. None of these and things are true. Fairy dust and fucking guys. I just want to disavow everything that Stephanie said. I just up I just, until this point and following this point. This is what's always irritated me about me. <laughs> disavow. Dead gorgeous. Disavow. Hugely successful. Good at everything in every genre. And I fucking like you. You don't even have the decency <laughs> to be a fucking cunt. I don't understand. Well, I am a cunt. No, but, I mean I'm just not a to fu- me. I'm just a fun cunt. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm just like a party cunt. Okay, you know that's what, I mean? what we're gonna name this podcast. <laughs> Tyler. No, I'm Apple will fun. not like that. that. that no, no, I I, I guarantee you they will not like that. But if you can come up with a couple of symbols for the U and the N, you might get away with it. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how long I've Good been asking to you, you to do this because you you were like a you're a fucking Jamaican on crack with seventeen thousand jobs. Now you have fifteen and a. I've cut back. 8, I've cut well. I've cut back significantly, but then I just added another job. So uh, what? I know. What a what a psychiatrist would say? Yes. Is that I am sick and I need medical attention? Sure. Because I can't stop working and I only feel alive and valuable when I'm overwhelmed because of the release of uh, you know completion chemicals and serotonin that happens when I when I work. We talked about Yeah, this. I'm sick. When we were on tour. Okay. It's okay. Daddy, I'm, got, I'm daddy got you some medicine. What, what di- yeah, medicine? Daddy did give you some medicine. Did, did daddy get you? <laughs> well, we were pre- prepared to make an old-fashioned, but mm-hmm. she asked for a Negroni when she heard that we had the mixers that's, for it. That, that's probably my favorite drink. Yes, Negroni and all of its um, variations. I remember you talking about that on one of your old podcasts, mm-hmm. one of the old girl and guy podcasts. We had a bartender on with you, and I was like, "Well, well played, uh, producer with his shit together." <laughs> I listen to those. Uh, listen, I have some more inside information because I've been fucking on tour with you. So not only have you ordered some shit on the mm-hmm. road with me that I don't even know what what it is, mm-hmm. but secondly, 
Here's how I know, Sean, that she's going to be fucking filthy for me on this podcast. <laughs> because we did, when we started the Sexy Liberal Tour, we played Santa Fe, and it was the very first. That was the first of, one we did. Right, but wasn't it? But it was the very first matinee we did. Yes. With all people, like like the cast of Cocoon's grandparents. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was like a matinee on a Saturday. Maybe? Right. And we were backstage, and I was like, oh, fuck. I'm way too filthy for these people. This is going to be horrible. And I used to, this is with friends. She goes, she's with me, she goes, I got this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she went out, and she was the filthiest fucking whore. Oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely. I don't, I, I, Guys, when you, when you just want, like, yeah. a full frontal assault yeah. on, like, a nursing home or a petting zoo, when you yeah. want someone to yeah. go in and outrage people yeah. Yeah. unflinchingly, that's who, I'm who you call. I'm who yeah. you call when you want someone to this kick is... in the door of a toddler or, like, a playroom. Yeah. You know, that little gate yeah. that they use to keep babies from falling down the <laughs> yeah. stairs. Mm-hmm. I will kick that down yeah. and scream at everybody and then leave. That's kind of friend you are. And let you, you know what? Yeah. Let you clean up. And yeah, she fucking high fived me when she got off stage. She's like, I did. Follow that. Because I don't give a shit. Follow I mean, that. It's clear I don't give a shit. I, yeah. I'm, I'm the just blue old, hairs turned like care. even like ten times bluer. They were just like, oh. when I was younger. This is this is a legitimate statement about being a stand up comedian or being a human being. And I would like everybody to weigh in on this. Uh, I, you know, when you're young, you just think you know everything. And then older people tell you you're going to get older and you're you know things are going to happen to you and you're going to figure stuff out. And what you say is. Hey, fuck you, old guy. I'm awesome, and I know everything I'm ever going to need to know. And then you slowly get older, and you realize you don't know shit. But the one thing you do, you, 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 it's an inverse relationship between yeah. what you think you know and what you actually know as you get older. But what you do realize is that you stop caring. Like, that's the thing that yeah. getting, it's not even the wisdom that you get as, when you yeah. age. It's just you embrace yourself fully, and you stop worrying so deeply about what other people are going to think of you. When I was a baby comic, I was just so anxious about saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or having a, a joke not work. Hey. And now, motherfucker, I have the microphone. I don't give a shit. Why don't you come up here and show me how it's done? You can't. I know. Shut the fuck Shut up. Shut the fuck up. That's Travis, do you know how long I've been wanting to hate her? Sean, do you know how long this... Oh, no. Back <laughs> of the Laugh Factory. In 19... <laughs> fucking... Apparently when that song was written. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whenever that was. 19... Right, right when came out. 90... Yeah. Learn. <laughs> I'm in the back of the fucking Laugh Factory and... Fucking supermodel, motherfucker! Guys, we are not in. going to do this for the entire hour. Okay, I but want no more walks in and I'm like, oh, no, like I broke into like your house and stole funny. this Negroni. I'm just a human being. <laughs> I'm eating all your pretzels. You're going to resent me when I leave. So let's just let's just resent me now. I was like, oh, I can oh enjoy okay, it. she's okay. funny. Okay, Iman, what you got? <laughs> And then she goes up and she's fucking funny. I'm oh. like, what? And then I talked to her afterwards. Like, why did I hate her? I, God damn it. And so, okay, okay. this has been my relationship okay. with you forever, that you are, um, okay, did I say? <laughs> this song. I'm the going to the song of, in the toilet like, tonight. I don't know what you're pee. made of, sort of, sort of magic dust and nope. unicorn farts and nope. kind of some rainbows. and N- Nerd drool and broken I, logo, Legos is what I'm made of. Okay. Nerd drool, okay. broken Legos, okay. and like but, that Play-Doh, that last bit of Play-Doh that dried out in the bottom of the container that you can't make in anything. That's what I'm made of. I'm on her page right now. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's good stuff. Okay. It, but, it's good stuff. I mean, exactly. it's interesting stuff, right? <laughs> I just... Okay. If you're me, you've never met a creature like her. She's drop-dead gorgeous. If you're me, you've She's wildly like successful. She's good at everything. Your podcast I'm is not, better than this one already. I'm not you're good at everything. You're just fucking... God damn it, Aisha I'm not Tyler. i good at everything. You're good... I, I would Dartmouth, you, let's, she's let's, fucking let's, Ivy League. She's I, uh, let's do an anxiety okay. check in. All right, let's go. So the other day, and I, I mean, I'm gonna again. This is a question for the room. Okay. Uh, I had a panic attack. Uh, I moved my mom to LA about a year ago. She she fell. Not she didn't fall, but she like hurt her back. 
She was in bed for like six weeks. I'm yeah. in LA. She's in Oakland. From I'm San Fran? Like, oh, okay. yeah, from yeah. Oakland. Yeah, I'm essentially yeah. like the worst kid ever because my mom is like immobilized in a bed and I can't do anything about it. You know, sending my mom Postmates every day is not getting it done, you guys. And I finally decide, okay, like I'm moving in LA. You're going to live near me. And she's like, you know, a couple, like essentially like five minutes away from me now, which is great. And so I get to see her all the time, which is amazing. I've seen her more in the last year than I saw in like the previous 20 years. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm back to winning as a daughter. I run up there the other day, and I but I'm but I'm all, I'm always it's always a drive by. It's never like my mom and I sit and play bridge. It's always like I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I gotta go to a podcast, and I come back. I say hi. Do you need your trash taken out? Okay, bye. That's all of my interactions with okay. my mom. So all I right. go in one day doing that, and I'm freaking out. And you know when you're freaking out, like it's a normal state of mind for you, so it's not a big deal because I have a panic attack like 11 times a day. Yeah. But for your mom, she's like, honey, you're going to die. Can, we please get you, can you do, would you like a water? Oh, Jesus, somebody came out of my vagina and they're going to die in front of me in my apartment. That's how my mom feels every day about me. And I go, mom, I just feel like I do I do nothing, I do everything, but I do nothing well. I'm at like a three in everything that I do. And I want to be better, but I don't have the time. Like, I, it's not like I don't care. I just cannot execute at the level I'd like to. And so that was the panic attack I had the other day. And because my mom is 72, obviously she told me to take medical marijuana. So what's great <laughs> is that my mom is getting me into gateway drugs. Right. And I think Fantastic. that's really the best part about having At 72, that's great for her. Oh, right. my mom doesn't have glaucoma, but she's mellow as fuck, y'all. <laughs> and um, she's like, she has a little vape pen like by the bed. She's the cutest. She has her little vape pen and then she watches like, you know, I don't know, Westworld. And, See, uh, you're, yeah. you grew up with fucking like hippies in my San Francisco. You, hardcore worked hippies, in, you yeah. lived in an ashram. Like my mom's a 95-year-old Trump voting Still? Fox News watching is Republican she, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Is she push her needle at all? Well, I, I Or is did, she just like, is she like rebelling against, is your mom rebelling against you instead of the other I way around? So. She's like, oh, yeah. Steffi, what about all his accomplishments? Well, yeah, well, uh, what, about, what about the, oh, like, he loved, uh, like, Steffi, he loves, the, he, loves the, he loves this country. Oh, God, yeah, okay, okay. He, he, he doesn't understand how it operates. Right. I, I feel like if you're going to love the country, you should just have a basic understanding of tripartite government. Yeah, and yes. checks and balances. Yeah. I'm not telling you you need to read the entire Constitution. Just basic functional understanding, right? But, like no, when no, you press read. the gas on a car, it goes faster. Right. Brakes make it slower. I don't think he has that fundamental understanding of how the country works. I don't know. I saw that one video where he was in that trunk, that truck honking the horn. Oh, he's the dumbest, y'all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm actually what sick of saying, oh my God, our president Can you is believe the dumbest, y'all. When we did the sexy liberal tour, we could never fucking, how do you ingest this I know. Fucking shit I, show every we need day. To revi- we need to revise. So first of all, all old okay. people, all old black people in America think he's going to get reelected. I need you to know that. My mother says that to me every day. Wait, what? Well, because, you know, old black people got shot at in the street. So they're not, they yeah. don't have a lot of high. They don't, confidence is not high among old black people. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like my mom was like, I knew he was going to get elected. I was like, mom. She's like, I'm just telling you, this place is fucked up. Have you not noticed? I'm like, eh, you know, when I grew up, we were eating tofu sandwiches and, you know, skateboarding. Well, seemed good. But, you know, yeah, when my mom was growing up, she drank out of a colored-only water fountain. She's a different, she's a different yeah. lens she's on. She's like, yeah, no. <laughs> but, um... They've been hiding, baby, through mm-hmm. all these years. <laughs> they've been waiting. I actually think, uh, I am a cautious optimist. I, I knew, that, I, I felt confident that this guy could get elected, even though he's a clown, because I just think that this country does not vote for the same party. Three administrations in a row. Yeah. It really well, has a little to we've do with never the had Russia help to this and, degree. Well, yes, but, yeah. but he didn't win the popular vote. Russia just tipped him over the edge. He was a clown. Yeah, but it was likely we were going to get the opposite party. He was a he was a, a reality show star. We're forgetting all the people who don't think that the president really does anything all day. 
who they think yeah. he's a figurehead and it's a popularity contest. Do you feel like contest. we've broken this goddamn country forever? The whole like, and we, you know, probably. you and I love Oprah, but we're just probably like, really like now we're just like, oh, okay, we need someone. But famous. what about the opposite? What if this was exactly what progressives needed to get their shit together? Yes. Oh. What if what if what we needed was a windmill to tilt at, and we had this we had a unicorn in the in the office who was. Harvard educated and smart and funny and sexy and, and a great you relationship. Once said on the Stephanie Miller show, Obama smells like cookies. Cookies and freedom, and freedom just He's, like fresh yeah. baked. You know that you know the cookie recipe that went around in the New York Times yeah. last year where you had to tap it a couple yeah. times as you were baking it so the edges were crispy and the middle was soft. Obama was crispy edges, soft yeah. center. Yeah. What if what if the only way that we and not just us progressives, but like twenty year old progressives finally like lost their ambivalence was by getting a demon in the white house maybe and yeah. that if we had another progressive hillary i'm sorry she was an imperfect candidate i was excited because she was a woman she would have been a hundred times better than the guy we have now right but there was a better woman out there there's a better candidate out there and i feel like what if what happens is this groundswell of progressivism where many 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 women Many women, apparently more women are running for office this year than in the history of this country. Yes, I understand. What if what happens is we immediately, we've always been a center-right country. Mm-hmm. What if this guy makes us center-left forever? Okay, all right. I'm just I'll saying, but it. she was the most qualified. She was the most qualified Person candidate. ever ran. Person. Of course, okay. of course, right. of course. But, you know, she was like a Feinstein candidate. You know what I mean? Was she, was she really a progressive or was she just like... Listen, two dudes, two dudes to the left of the middle. My point is, you're ahead of your time. You before this latest thing called you Kanye don't send West. me a letter, y'all, because I don't care. Yeah, fuck y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she got no fucks left. Together. I really, you I really couldn't Kanye scrape West. an entire fuck together with both hands. You, you got a Negroni. That's all you need. I'm drinking the last fuck that I'm <laughs> ever gonna have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all gone. We're drowning in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. You call Kanye West the straight black Liberace. Oh, Way God, before so much this latest than that, bullshit. Though. And oh my God, he's so disappointing. I think he's mentally ill. Chris Rock, actually, I've actually thought he was mentally ill for a long time. I've said it. I'm not a doctor. Kanye, also don't write me because I don't care. Um, but I said it on the talk a while ago. I think that he, I think that he's, I'm not a doctor, y'all. I think that he's bipolar. Yeah. With, with t- like mania tendencies. I think you can see his mania manifest when you see 30 photos of him and he's not smiling. And then he goes online at midnight and writes 700 tweets. That's just yeah, like textbook mania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he also has megalomaniacal tendencies. He thinks that he's the second coming. He thinks that he's a genius. I'm not saying he's not talented, but he is—he's insane. I think he's a self-hating black man, and I think that it's okay for you to think freely, but first you need to think. Yeah. And I really love yeah. what that guy—I can't think of his last name—Van Thomas. Yeah. Oh God, I, he I can't was believe I want to give somebody man. a TMZ credit, but that guy was on fire. He was on and fire, and everyone should send him a cookie basket. Yeah, to remind him <laughs> of what Obama a cookies and freedom like. basket. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. hold that thought, Aisha. Let me get you another drink and some more boogity boogity cheese. <laughs> That's an odd term. Listen, are you hiring? Because if you are, you need uh, you need a, a, a smarter way to do it. Am I right? When you got a big podcast like this, we need more people yeah, around here. Yeah, zip recruiter. We need. Uh, where's our bartenders? Right, Please. photographers, staff yeah. photographer. Yeah, yeah, thank you. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way. They built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, invites them to apply for your job. It's polite. 
in addition to being efficient. Wait, so we could find someone to go book guests for me so I don't have to do that? Yes, you lazy bastard. <laughs> These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day and don't ask questions like Travis just asked, Sean. I'm just going to send out some invitations and yeah. get some people in here. Okay, ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest and, less and least whiny applicants, and you never miss a great match, Travis. Hey! The right candidates are out there. Zip recruiters, how you find them. Zip businesses of all sizes, even moldy old ladies that work in their basement. Trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. I said that. I said it. Free. That's, That's in right. our budget. Thank you. ZipRecruiter's perfect for my budget. ZipRecruiter.com slash Stephanie. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Stephanie. One more time. ZipRecruiter.com slash Stephanie. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now, back to the smartest girl in the world. Um, listen, I, when I read your Wikipedia, the most important thing that stands out to me is in August 2010, Tyler began appearing in a recurring guest spot on the Stephanie Miller show uh, in a segment named credit. Tuesdays with Tyler. <laughs> How I do like I qualify? I've I never like, been on anything before that. No, I like to think like, <laughs> that I made you in my laboratory, that I discovered you, I made you, I, I will g- take it. created you. I, there was a show called Talk Soup. There was a show called Friends. You Whatever. may have heard of these Tuesdays things. Tuesdays with Tyler. Never heard of any of these shows. Okay. <laughs> never listen. I learned, can I have my nostalgia music, please? I learned many things from Aisha Tyler. I learned that um, black people melt in the rain. I learned that, <laughs> I um, that. <laughs> babies come out of your vagina. Well, I'll, I will, and I will never agree to that outrage. And also uh, that when you do brain surgery, they keep you awake, and that when you, they hit the wrong part, you yell, boogity, boogity, cheese! And then they know that was yeah, probably not the part we right. wanted to cut into. Yeah, that's yeah. a universal medical uh, truth. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So still, and still, you know, just so people are out there are aware, no no babies have come out of my vagina, nor will they ever. Okay, so you are like I'm a, a, I'm a, I'm a gold you're star a vagina. The gays know what I'm talking about. I what? Mean, okay. <laughs> Oh, my boyfriend's platinum. <laughs> oh, hello. I didn't realize that. What? I'm working on diamonds. Oh, he's platinum. He, <laughs> platinum. He's platinum is cesarean. Oh, oh, never touched yes. one. Fabulous. Wow. Well, you know what? There's always Christmas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so just, just out of curiosity. You know, a little pinky, little tip. Yeah, I think he's okay. I just think it'd be good for all gay men to touch a vagina to know that there aren't teeth inside. Right. And occasionally you might find uh, like a cocaine rock or, uh, you Some. know. <laughs> Who knows what's hiding yeah. in there? Or a vape pen. I don't know what's <laughs> doing. Mom. Stuff. <laughs> Mom. I don't the think that's is, how they work. <laughs> okay. You're also, you are trying to take my title as the chick that cries on TV. Because oh, I'm you, prior. I'm not. I yes. cried with you. Oh. I, 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 I'm I don't even know. Bring it all back. It's at always a gay rights speech. At a relive okay. terrible things that happened to you previously. Yes. At, <laughs> okay. You talking about leaving the talk yes. about talking about your divorce, talking yep. about not being able to have kids, and mm-hmm. so, uh, but that's why people love you so wildly because you are so sort of vulnerable and out there, and uh, I don't know what to say about that. Mm. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, I, I wish I was better. I mean, the interesting, the actual thing about me is I kind of think of myself as a robot. So whenever I have emotions that present themselves outwardly, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> I'd like to keep it all inside. I'd really like to be like, whatever, bro. Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes they come out. And uh, and I guess, I mean, that's probably a part of what makes someone an interesting artist is if, you know, you're feeling stuff about the world. You can't really make good art if you're not yeah. living, you know, if you're not like experiencing things. But I'm always deeply disappointed when I cry uh, in front of other people because I really would prefer to just be like straight you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah. doing splits between two, you know, tractor trailers and feeling nothing. That's really how I see myself when I look in the mirror. 
And then what's staring back to me is like my scarce streak, like bourbon reeking girl with like a lopsided dress and one shoe. It's really disappointing. It's not my vision of myself. Listen, I just saw, I just heard you on Mark Maron's podcast. Who's been on this podcast? Oh, good but, on Mark. But you were talking about like, oh, I was in depression. I was mm-hmm. drinking a little too much. He's like, are you sober? You're like, oh God, no. No, I'm always going to love booze. Yeah. Well, I love Mark so much, so deeply like a family member, guys. I'm also chewing on the air. Another thing That's that okay. Stephanie taught me. It's all right. And, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, just, yeah, just just radio etiquette. Awesome. Just chew. Into it's the happy mind. hour. We drink. Okay, we good. Eat. Thank you. Just as long as, just as long as, family, like, man. All the, what are all the, what is, what is the word for, um, dishomophones? Huh, I can't think of the word. That's like when huh. you, when you, when you hear something and it makes you upset. Dysphonia. I think it's called dysphonia. Oh, okay. Everybody, Google it. Come back. What? So, um, uh, I love Mark so much, but Mark always tries to shrink everybody, and he especially tried to shrink me. And I was like, I pay somebody for this. Get away from me. <laughs> Get away. Uh, and I also love that Mark. Wants everybody else to have a problem with booze. And I'm like, I don't have any problems with booze. Booze works for me perfectly, yo. Booze has always worked for me. It's a solution. I, it's a, absolutely it's not a problem. An answer. It's a solution. It's absolutely yeah. an answer for me. Yeah. And my favorite saying is, people who say that alcohol doesn't work just haven't used it properly. <laughs> but I will say that I used booze. I'm, I don't feel embarrassed to say this. When I was going through my divorce, I had a very calculated medicinal regime for my drinking. Which is I'd work all day, and then I'd get home, and I'd make one big drink. And I'd smoke, and I'd listen to sad music, and I'd read a book. And it was like the best part of my day. You know what I mean? It worked. And it it was therapeutic for a while, and then I stopped. I think I'm lucky, because I will say, if you have a problem with drinking, no judgment. I don't think it's a willpower thing. I just came out with the body chemistry that allows me to drink and stop and drink and stop. But I have plenty of friends who don't have that that body and brain chemistry. and, And you are a good person who has a medical issue. And I would never say to you, well, you should just be like me and just drink and then not drink. Cause yeah, yeah. I just am lucky. I'm one of those people who no, can do it. No, listen, th- it's a reason for the success of this podcast is cause we're like, literally, does Trump make you want to drink and swear? Oh, totally. I mean, the problem this is, is the you podcast drink for you. enough Because how can you fucking, you can't brain. fucking drink no. enough or swear enough no. for this motherfucking, oh! Let's talk God, about election so night. So election night, yes. we're sitting in my place uh, with my friend, I'm watching the news, and I was texting with a bunch of people, and I started texting with, I'm going to put this out there, with my good friend Sarah Gilbert. And yeah. I, I, she kept saying, this doesn't look good, and I kept sending her the, the little, um, oh God, the little, uh, what's his name, from the New York Times, I can't think of his Nate name Nate Silver? Right the Nate Silver, the little meter, the little the meter, you know, the 538 right. meter. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. It's just, it's early reporting. Right, that's what it's I thought. Just, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it, there's our errors, and it's like West Coast. We haven't seen the liberal states yet, like, mm-hmm, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And then she just kept writing back and going, I don't know, and then, Remember when it flipped from blue to red, like radically? It yeah. didn't wiggle over, it just like flapped. It was like yeah. All of a sudden, you're, there was a hole in your gas tank. And she sent it to me, and I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. She goes, I think you're in serious denial. And I was like, no, I'm not. No, no. I'm not. A- and so yeah. um, I, we sat there for a little while, all, like, like, you know, huddled into the couch cushions, staring at, you know, my, my own soul. And yeah. my friend's like, we have to get out of here. Let's go get a drink. Like, we're gonna get, we can't drink here. Yeah. That's too sad. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go get a drink. Sean knows he was people. there. I, w- I was hitting on a hot That's girl. That's the wrong solution because we were at the yeah. party at the Abbey in West and Hollywood. It was miserable, right? And yeah. it, oh, God. the same thing happened. Yeah. And my boyfriend turned and looked at me and said, like, we need to leave Oh, yeah. no. Because there was no, no safe place. There was yeah. no, no quarter, right? No, Sean was here. I was uh, hitting on a hot girl from mm-hmm. Vancouver. And Rock I was and like, I, I was like I, it's my, you know, plan B. I'll move to <laughs> <laughs> You're already working on it. And that's not going to happen anyway. It's going to be fine. Yeah, we have footage. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Sean. But... You wrote after the election, I've been frozen on the, the sofa, crushing kettle chips and watching the same video of a kitten in a bubble bath for two days. Oh, hardcore. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's how you get through things. Oh, yeah. I didn't look at the news for weeks. I just looked at, like, cat, cat videos and, like, babies giggling and That's people, like, people getting hit in the nuts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just couldn't yeah. look at the news. Fantastic. But we but, walked around Hollywood but you, looking for a bar. And the, I went to my favorite bar, and the people in there were so sad. They were, like, spilling out into the street. So we stopped in front of a Shake Shack. And the manager comes out, and she goes, come in. I'm giving away free French fries because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> so we went to Shake Shack and I binge ate like enough, enough food for like 40 people. You, so, uh, yeah. But I saw you with Chelsea Handler and others, the Women's March, and you mm-hmm. said if good-hearted people had given up during slavery or mm-hmm. the suffragette movement or Jim Crow, pardon me, or Stonewall or, or Asian internment or Stonewall or the struggle for pay equality or marriage equality, the environment or Black Lives Matter, we wouldn't be the nation we are today, more equal, more inclusive than we've ever been before. Now is not the time to spare. Now is time to redouble our efforts. In the meantime, feel free to spend a few days watching kitten videos and mainlining Pinot Grigio. I won't judge. That's how I feel. You know what I mean? I we did, can't give up. Can I just say I got nervous because I did hear your podcast with Chelsea Handler where you said you want to kill people that drink Chardonnay. So I was a little. I don't want to kill them. Well, I just want right. to. I just want to like. Fu- I just want to put a funnel in their mouths and pour something else in it. But it's okay. I drank Chardonnay for years. Okay. I loved right. Chardonnay for a long time, right. uh, and and I love you so much that I will not judge you for what you're drinking. All right, that's fine. Okay, that's very fine. fine. All right, so can I just say, in terms of judging, so I listen. You have made me feel bad about myself for so many years. No, even though I loved you so much, because you're so much more wildly successful and popular and. <laughs> You were happily married for 25 years. And then, but it's like that thing people say about don't judge the inside of your life on the outside of somebody else's because I'll never forget. Can I just tell this story, Sean? So Please. we're in the back of the cab in Detroit going to play the. Uh, remember where I. Where, um, what happened? Who happened? What happened? No! Aretha Franklin. Oh, fucking, yeah. Her, everyone said that her hat was shaking. She was laughing so hard that's, at Aisha Tyler. Oh, that's nice. And that she was the longest. Tell you who I am now, though. <laughs> No, that's not true. That was the longest show we ever had, because we just fucking. It was a great like, show. Yes, it was a great it, show. I agree. What was it? Fox Theater or Detroit? Where was God, it? Detroit's amazing, by the way. People yeah, but Detroit, we sold out. Fire. Yeah. Although you did them. say to me, you said when I have to cry for uh, a, a scene in a movie, I just think of Detroit. Well, yeah, because you know why? <laughs> and man, you hear Marvin Detroit, Gaye. Detroit's like a teenager that just got arrested. You're like so much potential, man. You you see what's it. going see on? Mm-hmm. And I know it was. It was that I I listened to. This song called Mercy, not Mercy, Mercy Me, um, What's Happening Brother by Marvin Gaye. It's when I have to cry right. the movie. Right. I listened to a song by Marvin Gaye called What's Happening Brother, and I think of a, of a block in Detroit that's been like destroyed by blight. That is actually how I cry. But it's again, it's about like seeing a place right. and what it can become. It's not about like Detroit's sad. It's about Detroit has so much potential to be amazing. And it's coming back, y'all. Detroit's coming back. It is. Go buy yourself anyway, a house. They're like $9,000. All right. But Aretha Franklin was laughing her fucking bejeweled hat off at Aisha Tyler at Sexy Liberal Detroit in 2000 Flarn. But I'll never forget was because I was, of course, after a breakup because I always am. (laughs) But I remember we were in the back of the cab and you were talking to your husband and you were like, honey, hi. Yeah, oh my god, thank you so much for putting oh my god, you put the salt and the pepper separately from the hard boiled eggs. I love you so much. And I was like, I'm just gonna, gonna kill, I'm gonna shoot myself right now in the back of the cab because but he's so, a great, he, he is a, he is a, he it was a great guy and he's is a great guy and he remains that way he's unassailably a wonderful person but we talked about this before the show because i i totally got i watched your whole i've watched more of you than guys, any human today it's not and that includes a lot of guys fucking weird. whacking not off weird. 
Oh, you've watched a lot of guys walking out? Listen, I watched Ooh. your movie. I watched Criminal Minds. Like strange I watched, curiosity about the I other watched, half operates. I, 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 Archer, I watched fucking Whose Line. I watched everything today mm-hmm. but, because I love you. But my point is, okay. Super okay, you're fantastic and everything mm-hmm. is my point. But, um, but I was thinking about what you were talking about when you first announced it as you said... And you even said this with Mark, and Mark was really trying to get you to, Mark was you know, really trying. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. just were like, I don't want to talk about this. He's been my best friend for 25 years. He's the love of my life. We were together 25 years. He's not a public person. And I was telling you the, the love of my life, who I thought mm-hmm. I was going to marry. Mm-hmm. And I thought I learned something from me because I talked about it, not by name. Mm-hmm. But just your experience. Yeah. And I wish I hadn't because now we're friends again. Mm-hmm. And because I was like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't. I, and it's just, you're right. It's from pain and anger mm-hmm. and how people talk about breakups right, and right. exes. And, you know, but but you're right. You were like, I'm not going to say anything about this because he's been, you know, my best friend for 25. You were married for 25 years. So we're together. For 20, married for 20. For, together. College sweetheart from Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, I think that... Um, not just Americans or our Western culture, but people always want to blame lots of things for why relationships don't work. But sometimes relationships just don't work. And they work and they, they work and then they don't. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's easy to say it's someone else's fault, someone. Sometimes it's easy to say I should have done something differently, but sometimes it was working and then it doesn't work. And I think it's fair to just say that was an amazing period of my life and now it's over. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and, uh, well, you, and you've... You know, you talked about that when you were with me. You were like, well, I can't do this because I, you know, if I want to stay married, I got to, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I can't do this because I'm doing 16 things and mm-hmm. I can't. And I've heard you talk about, like, work-life balance is bullshit. Oh, like, I don't know. Only, I mean, there's no, there's no such leprechauns thing. talk about it. Yeah, there's, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. And I think it's like a fallacy created by, like, self-help magazines to, like, get you to make a broccoli casserole or some shit. It's just <laughs> fucking bullshit. There is either you either you are either your life is working or your work is working. But it's almost impossible for them both to work the way that you want them to at the same time. And if you want a fully invested, robust home life, one of the people in your relationship is not fulfilling their dreams. Somebody's killing it and somebody's fucking managing your life. You cannot do both things. Right. And I think that it's I just think it's unfair and especially unfair to women to kind of keep enticing them with the concept that they can get it all right. You're gonna get it mostly right. You're going to get it mostly yeah. right. But the pursuit of getting it all right is why people feel like they're failing at their lives and they're not good enough. Yeah. I know? always thought, you know, I, was, I remember at a certain point in my life, I was sort of like, you know, when I decided I just don't want to have kids, I don't mm-hmm. care, you know. Mm-hmm. But I thought like, I was like, who's the number one talk show host in late night? Jay mm-hmm. Leno. You know, and at the time also David Letterman. Mm-hmm. Who's the number one ho- talk show host in daytime? Mm-hmm. Oprah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do they all have in common? No they don't have kids. No children. And, and, and is, I thought, even like, if they could have people raise their kids, right. it's a bandwidth issue. You know what I mean? You just, if you care about how they're human beings, you're going to be focused on your children. And it's very hard to do that. And also like pour all of your energy into your creative life. You just can't do both things. Right. I'm sorry. I, I, I think I, I'm not going to say I think I'm a feminist. I am a fucking feminist. If you want to have kids, do it. And also, if you make enough money to get somebody else to raise your kids, right. do that too, because you are not going to be able to be a full-time parent and also be a full-time aggressive human being. It's just there's just it, the two things can't occupy the same space. But did you did you want to? I mean, you talked on the no, talk about that. I you talked couldn't. about the fact that we tried. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to like get too deep into it, but the point is, I started to explore it, and I realized I didn't want to do it. I mean, that's the sh- that's the short yeah. answer. I yeah. didn't come out because I was sad about not having kids. I came out because I wanted people to 
feel okay about saying they didn't want to do it and not feel ashamed of it. That's why I came out. Because yeah. a lot of people think, well, you know, I get to a certain point and, and if I don't have kids, I'm a bad person or I'm not fulfilling my destiny or whatever. And that's bullshit. What I said was we started to go into IVF and I was like, I don't fucking do this shit to my body. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And I stopped and it was really about telling other people it's okay to not do this to yourself, to your body, to your finances. It's incredibly expensive. But the number of people who interpreted it as, oh, poor me, I'm barren, was far out, far outstripped the people who were like, oh, I get it, thanks for coming out and saying it's okay to be a ch- be, be childless, and that's a, a valid choice. Yeah. And, you know, people were, oh, you need to go to this doctor. Oh, you need to stick your legs in the air. Please, I accept but, my invitation to go fuck yourself. But this is why you're so extraordinary, because I think that people look at you and think you're so beautiful and you're so successful and you, you're successful in every genre, and yet you talk honestly about your... Uh, struggles and your sort of your self-esteem stuff and i and i think that um i mean i and you i was reading about your you were born in san francisco obviously mm-hmm. um you, you family you spent a year in ethiopia spent time living in an ashram in the u.s your parents divorced when you were 10 you're raised by your dad your sister was raised by your mother so coming from a family of divorce did you when you went into because you were married 25 years to your college sweetheart did you think i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do this or i don't how think did i you... even really had that attitude honestly um in the sense of like i wasn't like a traditionalist and thinking like i'm gonna get married and i'm not gonna get divorced i don't think that way because i'm not a traditionalist so yeah. i wasn't going into it with this traditional idea of marriage i met someone i loved and then i got married yeah and i but i i you know I, I don't have like an attitude about about marriage and divorce that's um, old fashioned or traditional. I do think that we have unrealistic attitudes and expectations about lifelong marriage. I don't think it's realistic. I didn't think it was realistic when I was married. I don't yeah. think I thought I'll try it and see how it goes. I really thought I was going to get married for life, but I wasn't like people who get divorced don't have their shit together. Yeah. You know, it's I. I I got fucked up because my mom was married for 40 years mm-hmm. until my dad died. Mm-hmm. And then my sister's been married for 40 years and is still married. I think it would be interesting. I think it'd be an interesting experiment, Stephanie, to go ask your mother what what dreams were un- remained unfulfilled because she stayed oh, married for 40 absolutely. years. Absolutely. She was like top of her class and wanted to go to college. And her mm-hmm. mom's like, no, you're not going to go to college. You're going to so go work in my restaurant because, you, you know, you're going to get married. And then yeah. sure enough, she met my dad mm-hmm. and got married. But So many women that I know who were married for 40 years would say, look, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love that person. But I got to tell you, I gave up a lot. Yeah. But I can tell you, the men in those 40 relationships don't have the same things to say about them. Yeah. And so, again, I'm not anti-marriage. I loved being married. But I just think that... Um, these old parochial attitudes about marriage are outdated. And I think that they mainly benefit men. Yeah. You wrote uh, in your second best-selling book, uh, Self-Inflicted Wounds, Heartwarming Tales of Epic Humiliation. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mouthful. Which, um, yeah, but, you know, I I think that's what, uh, well, you are human. I I, I don't mean to say humanize you. But that was the point of the book because you see people who are on TV and you think they're perfect. And the whole point of that book was to say that everyone who's successful is successful because of their failures and not in spite of them. You know, and failure is a very powerful tool for growth and change. And you see Chris Rock or you see, you know, Charlize Theron and you think, man, they're amazing. And then they're like, I shit the bed hundreds of times before I got here and I will shit the bed hundreds of times again because that's an aspect of like being human. 
And then when you but when you're young, you think, well, the only way I'm going to be like that person is if I don't ever get a pimple and my armpits are smooth as a baby's yeah. bottom and my feet don't stink and you know I kiss perfectly and I can make fuck all that bullshit. Like everybody's a mess. Everyone Everyone's is a mess. And you've talked about recently, like you gave up everything. Give, I did. You know, your marriage, your house, your whatever, you downsized. You're like, I don't want all my shit. I sold mm -hmm. my shit. Mm -hmm. um, you made this amazing movie, which we need to talk about. Yeah. Because you just went like, I mean, you, you again, had 17 jobs. I love that actually Archer, can I just say for a minute? Sure. Archer this season is kind of about, you're not escaping Trump. <laughs> <laughs> But I also thought when they describe it as a bunch of drunks all fucking each other, mm -hmm. it's on like, a, yeah, oh, that's like comics. Island. So that's like all of us. That is, that is. It's like the back, it's like the green room of the And escaping club. Trump. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah Archer, we're, we're all stuck on an island. I mean, we're, we've always been drunks who are fucking, but now we just, we're, we're, we're the, the available pool of sexual partners is narrowed <laughs> significantly because we're stuck on an island. Unless someone wants to have sex with like a Komodo dragon or like a talking monkey. It's very, very, it's a very short, like I wouldn't put that pool. past some of the people in that cast. I wouldn't put it past anyone <laughs> on that cast. You're a nerd. You're a Comic-Con nerd like him. Yeah. yeah. You're, I, you're a poker a nerd. Yes. I, by the way, one of the funniest panels I ever saw was at the Archer panel yes. at Comic-Con. And I can't remember what it was, but somebody like... it Was Was it really filthy? It was really filthy. Okay. Well, because you... So somebody asked, how do you prepare for a scene? Oh, I remember and this. Oh, vividly. John H. Benjamin How said, do you prepare your voice yes. for performing the show? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and John, John said, drink a giant bowl of cum. <laughs> Which I think would be really like soothing and moisturizing. And I, I love that your reaction was to pick up the card in front of you. It said, there may be young people in the audience. Yes, exactly. So the, the, we have name tags, and, and the forward part of the name tag says our name, like Aisha Tyler, like Lana Kane. The back says, watch your language. There may be people under 18 in the audience. There's like 5,000 people. I would say like 30% of the audience is under 18. Yeah. Uh, and then it just devolved. But it always devolves. It's right. always like a terrible, yeah. like, you know, yeah. filth scrum. Um, so I just say bring your children at your own risk. Exactly. Like, there you know, go. Yeah. It's Archer. They should know Why better. are you letting your child watch Archer in the first place? It's probably wrong the, bigger, with you? the bigger overarching question. Um, okay. Wait. You were at the taping of Roseanne. I you, was. Your I friend, was at the Melissa Gilbert, obviously, the last yeah. producing on the show. Sarah, Sarah Gilbert. What was Sarah your Gilbert. take on... Well, it's interesting because I saw the taping and I remember thinking um, that I'm not a big fan of reboots. But this this show felt like a reboot with a with a purpose. It felt like there was a reason for this reboot. You know, everyone's making a big deal of the fact that Roseanne and Roseanne's character are Trump supporters, but they're not making a big deal of the fact that Sarah has a trans son, and uh, and DJ's has a has a biracial child. Like everyone's really focused on Roseanne. I don't think the show is a pro Trump show. I think the show right. is a di is a is a is a a division show it's a show about what you know uh, what are we who are we as americans now here's a here are trump favoring americans and here are progressive americans and how do they cross the divide and how do they talk to each other and i actually think that people are criticizing the show are really missing the point the point was how do you talk to your trump supporting mother yeah. how do you find yeah. commonality yeah. that's what the show mm -hmm. is about and everyone's not focused on the fact that there's a fucking trans kid on the show who's amazing. Like, no one's talking about that. Yeah, no yeah. one's talking about the fact because that he married a black woman. Like, because yeah. Trump had to go and go, oh, look at well, Roseanne's you know, ratings. Literally, someone would be like, you know, I was in the bathroom yesterday after Trump and he took a giant shit. Trump would be like, hey, thanks, Aisha, for the compliment about my giant poop. Like, he'll take any compliment. He's such an <laughs> egotist. He can only see he can only see good and Trump. And all the other words, like, 
Trump is so good at being an asshole. Thanks for that. Thank you. Know, he's you. such a fucking dummy. Thank you. So I, I, I actually, I'm, I think it's unfair. Let's, Roseanne seems a little unhinged, but I think it's a little unfair for people to say this is a pro-Trump show. Well, I feel it's like not. if anything, her tweets are going to implode the show, which is a shame for your friends. Well, you know, listen. Twitter is a Twitter is a weaponized. Twitter is a bad thing. But if you look at people with mania, <laughs> Twitter is incredibly dangerous because people who don't know who they are outside of the gaze of other people. Right. When they go on Twitter, they unhinge. So if I'm alone in the middle of the night and I'm, and I'm lonely and, and maybe I'm intoxicated or maybe I'm trying to stay sober and I need something to make me feel better about myself. You get instant feedback. I get instant feedback. I get constant feedback. And then someone comes back against me and now I've got a call. Co- I can engage in combat and I'm energized. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people aren't seeing this for what it is, which is someone who's admittedly has mental problems. Yeah. On Twitter acting like a nut. Yeah. So, I, you Are you know, Trump or Roseanne? You take your pick. Okay. It's, it doesn't matter. Kanye, Trump, Listen, Roseanne. Okay. So, um, honey... Listen, you were fantastic. I, I watched more video of you than a guy that is wanging off in his bedroom does. Uh, thank you. Ever, I, I, you were fantastic in Archer. You're fantastic in Criminal Minds. Uh, and now you are directing, and I watched the trailer, oh, which is fantastic you. for your movie, Axis. It is available right now on Everywhere. Amazon Prime. iTunes, iTunes Google Play. Google Play, all YouTube. Fandango now. Oh. You. Yeah, and then on demand, just like on your cable. Yeah. Like, but so this is a film. Uh, the plot is uh, uh, obviously on the day he's set to star in a career-changing film, an Irish actor with a self-destructive past confronts a series of events that threaten his sobriety, his loved ones, and his life. Um, so, and you did this through Kickstarter, and you shot it in seven days because that's the only time you had. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. I'm right. crazy. I'm crazy. I mean, we. I mean, I have my own kind of mania. But um, you know, I. Um, it's obviously an unusual movie. Uh, it's a movie about a, an expatriate Irish drug addict living in Los Angeles. It takes place in a car driving through L.A. And then I'm a first-time director and I'm a woman of color. So, you know, uh, it was going to be a hard movie to set up anyway. And in the end, I didn't even try to set it up traditionally. I just kick-started it because I knew right away I'll get to make my movie the way that I want in the time that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I had one week to make it. And I, there's no way. You go to a studio, like, we love it, but we would love it if... Um, maybe the lead wasn't Irish. What if he was American? And what if it didn't play, take place in a car? Maybe get out of the car. And what if we could see the other characters? And what if he had sex with his girlfriend? And then what if there were explosions? And then what if it was a different actor? And a what if you directed? Exactly. <laughs> right. And I just, you know, I just wanted to make a, a pure expression of my own creative voice, and that's what I did. And I'm really proud of it because yeah. it's probably the last truly art house movie I'm ever going to get to make. Yeah. You know, um, it asks a lot of its viewer because. Um, it, there's a lot of narrative ambiguity in it. I mean, at least I, I would say we did a lot of Q&As. We went to 10 festivals. It won a bunch of awards. And, and I, I remember we do these Q&As and people would ask about the ending. And I'd go, look, I love this movie called True Romance. It came out years ago. Uh, Kristen Slater and yep. Patricia Arquette. Yep. And, um, and there's a scene where they, she goes, let's go watch a movie and then we'll eat some pie. And you can talk about the movie. And I always feel like, there, you see a movie nowadays and there's no ambiguity. There are no questions. There's no answer for the audience to give. So there's no reason to ever get pie after a modern film. You know, the girl gets the guy or the thing blows right. up or mm-hmm. the hero save the world. Right. Nothing and to I, talk about. Yeah. And I wanted to make a movie where people were like, wait, what do you think happened? What do you think happened? And we've had these great discussions with audiences where they all have a different take on the end of the film. And it's yeah. so engaging. So, you know, I'm never going to get to make a movie like that again, you know. Um but, but you're going to get to make another movie. I better. Because this was fucking, fucking fantastic. Table, you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to make a horror movie this year. Um, 
And I, I have my next three films set up that I'm and that, writing. Is that your so. passion nice. now? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is. You're, I really you're like, it. you're, God damn it, you're fucking good at everything. What the fuck? Not relationships. <laughs> oh, really? Because you had a 25-year no, marriage, I and know. I haven't conceded. <laughs> you get to have fun now. I do. You get to enjoy I, do. I don't know how I many I've had it. since you and I toured <laughs> together, but whatever. Well, I mean, Isn't I, that we could say you're, you're winning at relationships because you had so many. You're just like, boom, boom, setting them no, up, knocking but, them down. No, but you know what's interesting is like uh, you think someone I love like you, you don't go, oh, good. She got divorced. That makes me feel better about my life. You think, oh, fuck, oh. my relationship role model. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, because I feel like... Here's the thing. But you relationships said such beautiful, are hard, man. They're but you, fucking hard. But you said such beautiful stuff about it. You're like, I don't think of this as a failure. No, I, you I said don't. that on the talk. You said like, I feel like this is the love of my life. That I had this fantastic 25 year relationship with my best friend, mm-hmm. taking care of me longer than my parents. Mm-hmm. It's I, look. I think that also taking that attitude towards a relationship is very freeing. I don't have anything to put down. It's not like I'm trying to free myself from anger, but I do think that if you care about, if for me, if I love someone, I don't stop loving them just because we're not together anymore. I want them to be happy, and I, yeah. I will always want that. Yeah. And it's the same thing with friends. Sometimes you have these friends, and for whatever reason, the friendship falls apart. Maybe they just, that you move in different directions. I'm not sitting around thinking, man, I wish that person's, like, all his shit fails. You know what I mean? I'm just like, go with God. You know what I mean? I just, I don't, I don't carry around resentment because it's a weight that only affects you, yeah. you know. And I don't, I don't know who this, this is. An apocryphal quote. I don't know who it's. I've attributed it to Gandhi. I've attributed it to, uh, you know, uh, Buddha. But the one about drinking poison, you know, yeah. hating someone is drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. There's just no point in carrying around resentment. It's, That's right. It's a waste of your time. So, but I don't have it for him. But I just, I just. Yeah. It was a great. It was a great quarter of a decade. Oh, a quarter yeah. of a decade, guys. Yeah. I have been. You drinking. did way, I way it. better than I. I, mean, I just the longest, had a part of your drink where you can't do math. No, longest I've done is uh, ten years, and that's a I, fucking long time. And I'll time. never forget you uh, with my ex. You guys were both about six feet tall, and I remember you both looked bigger than the plane that we uh, took to Santa Fe. <laughs> I was like, wow, they are really tall. Ten years is a long time. <laughs> I mean, I, if you can meet with someone ten years, then you have it dialed. What if? Figuring out relationships wasn't I met them at 19 and died with them. And that's the only way you got it right. That's a bullshit construct. Yeah. 10 years is a very long time to be in a relationship. Here's the thing that I love about you most is that you co-founded a uh, acapella group at Dartmouth. (laughs) Uh, is called that the, the Rockapellas, like? and I I just feel like you should take us out with some sort oh, of God. Well, some sort of don't you think, guys? Um, as you can hear, who knows how much I was singing. Longer will go on. I don't know that song. Okay, all right. I was at Let's the make something I was at up. the Kentucky Derby this weekend. I heard. I saw I pictures. Can't, you can't hear my you see my ridiculous hat. Have you been to it before? It's my first time. I went uh, years ago. It was enjoyable. It, and, you know, just, despite its uh, creepy, latent, racist uh, okay. tendencies. Mm-hmm. You should have okay. gone to the connection. I, I really, I was, I was the connection. Is that the gay bar? Oh, mm-hmm. It's like an entire city block. I'm going next year. <laughs> uh, I loved it. I had a giant hat. I drank thousands of mint juleps. It was very fun. I, my friends kept going, are you talking in a southern accent? I was like, I'm an actor, guys. I'm just trying to connect. I'm drunk. I'm just, point, trying yes. connect, just trying to connect, y'all. Um, but uh, we we went to uh, we were like leaving our last party on Friday and we passed this bar and we can hear like the last four bars of like right. a live band playing yeah because through, you do through the open door a lot of fucking karaoke go ahead so we pull over we yeah. go into this bar yeah. the bar the, yeah. the band is breaking down my friend goes how much 
we how much do we need to pay you for you to play until the bar closes? It was like two and the bar closed at four. Yeah. So we paid them a bunch of money and then and they were an Almond Brothers cover band. So the first it was great. So the first song I request I didn't know they were an Almond Brothers cover band. And the first song I request was One Way Out, which is an Almond Brothers song. Yeah. And it was like they were like, This black woman just came in <laughs> to a bar in Kentucky and requested one way out. <laughs> What's happening, y'all? <laughs> So then I ended up singing an Almond Brothers song and uh, Cocaine by Eric Clapton. Oh. And it was the best night ever. So that's why I can't. All that's right, why my voice is like this. Well, let's do cocaine. Why not? Oh, oh yeah. Let's, let's just see. take do us I remember, out, man. Do I remember the because um, I, I, We kind of feel like that was, that's what Trump's on. Because there's a lot of God. goddamn sniffing. Well, there's it, a lot it, of... It Dr. Like Ronnie has obviously prescribed some bullshit, man. So oh. let's... It's... Yeah. You, oh, sorry. Here now is Aisha Tyler. Oh, um, no. It's a lot of pressure. Karaoke. Here we go. I need... Oh. I, there's two more bars, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. Go get her film. You can see it anywhere. Access. 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 Go do it. Well, if you want to hang out, you got to take her out. Cocaine. If you want to get down, down on the ground. Cocaine. Stephanie Miller. Whatever. She don't lie. She don't lie. She don't lie. Cocaine. That's all I have for you guys. Because I don't think Stephanie can afford this song. No, we can't. We You're can't. right. We can't. You're absolutely happy right. Fucking happy fucking happy hour. Down, <laughs> happy Aisha Tyler, everybody. Oh, guys. This has Woo! been so great. Cheers. Who knew I'd like podcasting oh, and drinking as God much as I do? Damn. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? Me. We love you, Aisha me. Tyler. Thank you very much. Thanks for having love me. You, it was baby. so much fun. Love you, Thank baby. You. Yay.